Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CME curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. So the next, uh, what I want to do for the next few minutes is just kind of discuss, all right, so we have to develop a reversal strategy. And so if you kind of believe that you need to do this, which you do, um, you know, what are ways to go about it? And so I'm not going to explain at least a lot of detail per se, but really just to kind of give you a, a uh, kind of 10,000 foot view of you know, the things you need to think about. And so if you have an anticoagulation stewardship program in your institution, that's where this lands. Um, I saw I walked through the posters yesterday, several good posters on anticoagulation stewardship programs. Um, Actually, I need to reverse this because I think 65% of the pharmacy population now is female. So actually, I need to probably move that around there. but yeah, I mean, of the of the tasks that this kind of this type of a group that handles, right? The tough cases. What are we going to do about reversal? And so, one of the things, obviously, to look at are guidelines. Okay, and you've got all of these guidelines here, basically saying the same thing: is that use indexin and alpha. If not available, you can use four-factor PCC into some line or another. Now, and I think there's, I think many people have read this incorrectly. This is not well. Since I don't want to carry indexin and alpha, then I only have four-factor PCC, and that's fine. I mean, I have being an author on these guidelines here, we had a huge debate whether or not to include the four-factor PCC as an option based on the lack of data. And so it's not just like, well, pick what you want, right? There's clearly a preference in all of these guidelines, for the most part, to be using indexin and alpha. And, and at least in the ones that uh, I was involved with, it basically came down to, well, we got to give them something. So we'd try it if you got nothing. It wasn't like an equal pick what you want kind of deal here. So you have to look at the, what the guidelines say. We also, like I said, you don't really have a choice in whether or not you're going to put this together. We know that the Joint Commission looked at the elements of performance and updated them all now with the conclude DOACs. And we know as we look at the patient safety goals at hospitals, uh, have to use approved protocol, evidence-based practice guidelines for reversal of individual anticoagulant reversal strategies. So this is, once again, th- one of the drivers and why we kind of need to move on this. Now, the way that looks can be a variety of different ways. This is an example from one health system, basically, that uh, spells out their recommendations for use. Uh, it can be more in something more user-friendly, I think, like this, which talks about the reversal strategy. What's interesting, I think, in this one here is that, you know, okay, we're, we're uh, critically relevant bleeding, rivaroxaban, apixaban within 18 hours. That's kind of goes right along with the package label, but that's, you know, that's not how everybody presents, Right? Bleeders present all kinds of ways. So what are you going to do when they have life-threatening bleeding? It's been more than eight, 18 hours, but they're still bleeding, right? Or someone is going to an emergency surgery. There's no data for that. But maybe you've got to develop at least a, pra- a mechanism that you're going to address that. And also, really, it's just how is the patient going to flow through your system? Okay? You know, your patient arrives. There's assessment to give drug. There's a decision to treat. It goes to pharmacy. Pharmacy basically prepares the medication, Reviews the, reviews the order, prepares the medication. There's got to be a way to get it to the emergency department quickly if that's where it's being given uh, and basically then administrate it appropriately. So there's multiple steps that just don't poof happen, right? Someone really, you know, people have to, this is where the anticoagulation stewardship programs come in. Someone's got to take the time and spell these out and try to uh, imagine what roadblocks you might hit and how you're going to get over those, right? Someone's got to make sure to design how you're actually going to give it, Okay. Uh, a number of, you know, 
we were actually an institution we did it the archaic way. We mixed the bolus, got that off, right? And then we used that other time to kind of get the infusion. Now with the larger vial sizes, we kind of send it all as one. But you got to have instructions on how you're going to prime the pumps and make sure you get all of the bolus in in a timely fashion. And so once again, all these things that need to be addressed. And just like I said, you know, when it comes to establishing hemostasis, the clock ticks differently for some patients. Not everyone's the same, right? You have a trauma or an intracranial hemorrhage, you've got to act extremely quickly, okay? You've got basically minutes maybe to get this done. Now, if you have bleeding that's leading to hemodynamically compromised, you might have a little bit more time. You might be looking at hours instead of minutes, of course, and then there's patients that have other types of bleeds that, you know, right, they're not crashing per se, but they're still bleeding, and so how are we going to manage that? So just to kind of reflect on the fact that not every patient who comes in with a 10A-related bleed is going to be this, has got the same sense of urgency. And how are you going to address that within your institution? Right? So stewardship programs, these are just a number of questions, right? So who's going to get the agents? What are you going to carry on formulary? Uh, what are you going to do if it's, life th- if it's not life-threatening bleeding? Um, you know, what are the outcomes that you're going to follow up? Right? What's your medication use uh, evaluation going to be, your MUE? What happens when there's an urgent surgery and someone's on 10A inhibitors? Okay, what are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying you should use index and an alpha or four-factor PCC, but you got to come up with something. You got to develop a strategy. What kind of labs are you going to do? What labs are your la- what, what is your lab going to offer you as far as monitoring, if necessary? If you're specifically going to be using index and an alpha, there's a whole bunch of other questions. Um, well, what happens if you get transferred, a patient comes transferred from an outside hospital and they already gave four-factor PCC? Patient is still bleeding, right? This is a powder keg. I hate, you know, this is just, this drives me nuts. I mean, maybe some of you have gotten through this and think through this differently, but you have to remember, right? A patient is bleeding, promotes thrombosis. That's your body's natural response, okay? And you have to remember the patients that we're treating here have a different pathobiology than we do. They have a propensity to clot, hence they need anticoagulation. So we're stripping that away, okay, if you gave index and alpha. And if you've given them four-factor PCC, you just dumped a whole bunch of firewood on that. Um, and so what are you, we going to do in these patients? On the flip side of that, they're bleeding. They're gonna, they may die. So you gotta, right, you got to kind of work through that. What are you going to do for anticoagulation? Are you going to monitor? Are you going to get chromogenic 10A levels? Um, what are you going to do, basically, if it's been, you know, uh, outside of 18 hours? And what are you going to do if it's another agent? Right? Somebody, I don't think anybody's probably getting a doxaban, but if you were, patient was getting a doxaban, would you use it? Right? Probably works. Or you're just going to let them die? I mean, like, we just have to think through these things that don't automatically fit right into what a package label may tell us. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME Incorporated and is part of our Minute CME curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash CME. Thank you for listening.